I'm taking my timer out today so I don't go 30 minutes like I did last week, just so you know. It wasn't 30 minutes I timed it. It was 21, but it's too long. (laughs) When I was in college, I had the great privilege of traveling to Rome on, it was really a class trip. It counted for a credit hour uh, in in my studies uh, at Benedictine College. And in traveling to Rome, you see the four major basilicas in Rome. And when you arrive at St. Peter's, St. Peter's, you just want to stand out in the, uh, out kind of in the plaza and just take it all in. It's just a fantastic view and, and you can't believe that you're actually there and, and you're looking at everything. It's just, it's magnificent just standing even out in the plaza. And as we approached, as we were approaching the church, we went through, you have to go through security in order to get into the church. And the leader of our, our pilgrimage just told us to just wait outside for a bit as he went inside. He said, I'll give you the signal when to come inside. And he goes inside. We're waiting outside, just kind of staring up at the facade of, of, of St. Peter's. And, and then he gives us the signal to come in. And we all plow into the church. And he, and he watches all of us and watches our reactions. And the first reaction that you have when you walk into St. Peter's Basilica is your eyes are drawn upwards. They're drawn up into, up, up into the heights of, of, the, of just the largeness of how the church is. And the second reaction is your jaw just drops because you can't believe how magnificent this place is. And he always does this with all of his groups whenever he takes a group in order to watch the reaction of the people when they walk into the church. A few years later, I was able to travel to Rome again with two of my brothers. And so I did this to my brothers and I told them to wait outside and I went inside and I told them to come in. And it's just incredible the reactions of people when they walk into this place for the very first time and the feelings that you get when you walk into this magnificent, this glorious church. But why do we build these magnificent structures, these man-made structures here on earth? First off, we need to talk about what that word church means. The word church comes from a Greek word, which, mean, which is ekklesia, which means it's two words put together, the prefix being ek, which is from, and the klesia actually is a, is a derivative of, of the word kaleo, which means to call out or to call. And so it literally means to call out from. That's what the word church means in Greek. And so if we think about that word, uh, for us as Christians, we recognize that we are, as a church, we use that word in a couple different ways. We use it in, number one, to talk about the structure, the building that we, that we worship in, but we also talk about it in a, uh, in a greater way as well, in a way that is not seen in this world, in a sense. We talk about the church as the mystical body of Christ. And the church exists in three ways, the church triumphant, the church militant, and the church suffering. And each of these parts of the church make up the mystical mystical body of Christ. So in that sense, the church exists outside of time. It exists in time, but it exists in an invisible way, but it also exists in a visible way. And then the other form of church is the building, the buildings that we build in order to uh, have this space to worship in. So this being called out from 
is a recognition that we as the people of God, we as the people baptized into Christ, are called out from our normal, our normal circumstances of life and being called out from that normal circumstance of life that we are called into this body of Christ and we are called into this life which is meant to model Christ. Because the church is not ours, the church ultimately is Christ's. So that when Christ takes on human flesh, when the Word becomes flesh, He builds the church, and when we are baptized, we are made a part of that body of Christ by virtue of our baptism. And so we are meant to model and to live out the very things that Christ desires for us to model and to live out. To make holy the world by the way in which we live our life. So we are called out from a normal life into this life in Christ. And so when we build churches, when we build these actual buildings, we build them in order to model that which we are meant to live out. We build humongous, beautiful structures to recognize that all of this is meant to glorify God. All of this is meant to give us this witness to that which we are called. So that when we walk into a church, we recognize that this is something that is, in a sense, out of this world. Yes, the structure is man-made, but we are called to this supernatural reality, this reality in Christ. And so I want to talk about today, as you know, we've kind of been pacing through uh, these definitions of the liturgy, these aspects of, of who we are as Catholics, who we are um, in, in our life in the church. And so the church structure is an important aspect in which we must talk about. But there's so much that we could say about a Catholic church. I'm just going to talk about a few. I want to talk about the threshold of the church. And I want to talk about the altar and the importance of the altar and the importance of the tabernacle. The three uh, aspects of the church that like I said, we could talk about a whole bunch of different aspects. But that threshold of the church, of the structure, is important because we recognize that we are called out. So we are called out of the world and we are called into this body, into Christ. And so when we cross that threshold into the church, one of the first things that we do is we dip our fingers into holy water and we cross ourselves with our right hand. And we do so with our right hand because we recognize that Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. And so it's that reminder, that simple reminder of using our right hand to use the sign of the cross to recognize that Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. And as he sits at the right hand of the Father and we do the sign of the cross, we recognize that as Christ is Lord over our lives and we have placed ourselves under him by virtue of our baptism. And so that holy water is that placing ourselves once again under the authority of Christ who sits at the right hand of God as we cross ourselves to remind ourselves of that baptism which brings us into the life in Christ, which brings us into the body of Christ, which is the church. And this physical structure represents that body of Christ. So that threshold is, the, is that breaking free of the things of the world and coming into the church, recognizing that we are called to a greater reality, that we are called out of the ordinary and we are called into that supernatural. And as we cross that threshold, we cross ourselves with the sign of the cross. We recognize that there's meant to be this reverence that our body takes on when we enter into the church. And this reverence that we are meant to take on when we enter into the church is one in which we begin to rid ourselves of the distractions of the world. 
And so when we arrive early for Mass, we kneel down and we pray in order to prepare ourselves for whom we are going to receive in the Most Blessed Sacrament. We prepare our hearts and we quiet our hearts as best we can from the distractions so that we can give ourselves fully to our God who is coming before us, who has given himself for us and into whose sacrifice we are entering into by entering into this Mass. And so it's necessary that when we come into the church and we cross that threshold, cross ourselves with that holy water, that we enter into a silence. That we don't have any more conversations with anyone else. Of course, there's children crying and children need to go to the bathroom and things like that. But we want to do our best to enter into that silence and no more talking to anyone else so that we can open our hearts to our Lord and prepare our hearts to receive our Lord. The second thing that I want to speak about is the altar and the importance of the altar. The altar represents Christ. We even decorate the altar in a manner that represents who it is representing. So that when we put the the coloring over the altar, it's meant to represent Christ, the high priest. And it's meant to wear the same colors and even similar vestments sometimes as the priest as he celebrates Mass. And so Christ the high priest is represented in the altar. Christ who has died is also represented in the altar. The way in which we clothe the altar with the linens is very important. We clothe the the altar, we we vest the altar with three levels of of linens. I can explain this correctly so you can understand it. There is one long, there's meant to be one very long uh, linen that actually is meant to double over and to fold over as if it was a shroud. If you know anything about the Shroud of Turin, it was a very long cloth that was folded over Jesus as he was laid in the tomb. And so there's one cloth that represents that, and that cloth is actually allowed to be separated into two different cloths. Instead of being one super long cloth, it can be separated into two. And then there is the other cloth, that was wrapped around the head of Jesus when he was laid into the tomb. And that cloth is meant to drape from the bottom of the altar on one side all the way to the other side on the bottom as well, as, as our linens do. And so it represents Christ as he is laid into the tomb. The candles that we place on the altar, and the documents say on or near the altar, are there to represent the light of Christ who has come. And so they represent that first light that we light on the Easter vigil. When we light, when we light the Easter candle, when we bless the Easter candle, that light represents the light of Christ that burns, into the, that burns in the world. And that is this ever-living flame that represents Christ. The sacrifice that happens on the altar is a representation and entering into the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary But it also represents, the altar also then represents the resurrection. Because it's not a, we don't receive a dead Christ, but a living Christ in Holy Communion who has resurrected, who has risen from the dead. And so when when Jesus becomes present on the altar after consecration, the altar also then represents the living Christ. The living Christ who has gone into eternal life, who sits at the right hand of the Father, has risen from the dead, taken taken his body and his soul into eternal life, whom we receive body, blood, soul, and divinity in Holy Communion. The importance of that altar is so great. And so we give it the reverence, the due reverence that, that it deserves as well. And then finally, the tabernacle. 
In our church, the tabernacle sits at the front of the church. If you go into these huge basilicas like St. Peter's, like St. Paul's, uh, St. John's, or St. Mary's in Rome, the tabernacle is often off to the side. And the reason that it's off to the side is because of all the people that filter through the church and to give due reverence to Christ and have a quiet place for people to pray, they place it off to the side. But what you will also see in these basilicas, as you will see in the apse, which is the curved part of the basilicas, is you'll see a main chair in the center with all these other chairs around it. And so what these, what these often represent is the place where the high priest would sit, where the bishop or ultimately the pope would sit. And so the, actually the church actually of uh, the Diocese of Rome is actually St. John Lateran. St. Peter's is actually the church, in a sense, for the world. But the Cathedral of Rome is actually St. John Lateran. And so, the, the, so whenever the Pope declares something on faith and morals from the chair, he would typically do it from St. John Lateran and not actually at St. Peter's. But that's besides the point. There is a chair that sits in the middle of the apse with all these other chairs around it in, in St. John's, which represents the place where the high priest sits that represents Christ, who sits upon the throne when we read in Revelation chapter 4. We place the tabernacle at the front because we recognize that Christ is to whom we are going, who has won our salvation, we owe everything to. So that when we enter into the church and we genuflect, we are going down on one knee to humble ourselves, to bend the knee at the name of Jesus, who has given his life for us. And so we recognize what Christ has done for us, and he resides here in the tabernacle for us, and he comes down to us in Holy Communion. What a tremendous gift this is. And so it's necessary for us to even take time after communion to once again enter into silence to make sure that when we are leaving that we allow silence for everyone else who desires to pray and give thanks. And hopefully we all want to do that. That we want to remain after Mass to pray and give thanks to God who has come to us, who has filled us with His life. And we remain a few moments to give Him thanks for the great gift of who He is. For the great gift of what He has done for us. For that great love for which He shows us in the Mass and in all the words of the Gospel and all the Scriptures that we read about. We are called out of a world that is filled with many distractions, filled with many things contrary to God, contrary to even our own nature as humans. We are called out of that world and we are called into this church, into this life in Christ that we are meant to then not, that we are meant to then enter into as a symbol in this church that we are united to Christ in that, in that church as well. And we take what we receive from Christ in this Mass and in this church and we go back out into the world to sanctify the world by the way that we live our life through prayer, through action, through our living that life that Christ calls us to. May we truly live out that calling, that being called out and that called back into the world to sanctify it, to be the church that God calls us to be.